0: There's only one king of kings and lord of lords. And he appoints the rulers of the nations. We know that the most high rules the kingdoms of men and gives it to whom he wills. And so our queen has died. The only monarch that most of us have uh, ever known. Queen Elizabeth was, according to many, a devout Christian. I was listening to some of her speeches um, where she brought up Jesus Christ in her speeches to the nation very boldly. Uh, So we thank God for that. And I think her pastor for a long time was John Stott, who was a great uh, commentator of the Bible And it was said that she drew her strength from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to the words of another monarch, King David For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My re- mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times. O oh, people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge to us. When we trust in the great king, the high king, our savior, we, the scripture says, all become royalty. It says that from every tribe and language, people and nation, he ramps into people. He made us a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. So you yourselves are royal because you know the king of kings. So if you would turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. I might still slur a few words. Somebody said, well, that's no different than usual. (laughs) So, (laughs) chapter 19. He, that is Christ, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. Fathers, we come to this text. We pray you would open it to us and for us. And what we learn here would be instilled in our heart, and in the power of your Holy Spirit, visit with us in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Jesus is on his final journey to Jerusalem. Chapter 9 in the book of Luke begins his journey all the way through here to chapter 19, In chapter 9, we are told that he set his face towards Jerusalem. And along the way of his trip, his journey, we find different events, different miracles. And now, in chapter 19, his long journey is almost over. Because, as you know, Jericho is just outside of Jerusalem. It's close now. And we read, he must pass through. He entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, at this time in history, Jericho was a beautiful city. It was called the city of palm trees. Herod the Great had turned it into a garden. Um, There was just palm trees everywhere. It was said to be uh, pools of water and gardens. It was just a a wonderful, pretty city. And it's in Jericho where the encounter with Zacchaeus happens. Verse 2 tells us of him. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. There is a cause and effect relationship between those two things, being the chief tax collector and therefore being rich. He would would have been a contractor. He was a contractor to the imperium. He would pay a fee to the Roman governor, and that would mean that Zacchaeus would control uh, all of the duties and the taxes and the customs uh, uh, fees, uh, the GST, the PST, all of those things he would he would be controlling that. Matthew, the writer of the first gospel, would have most likely uh, worked under Zacchaeus on some level and he was rich because You wonder, how does a public servant get rich? (laughs) Well, we suspect uh, that we know how that happens. Uh, He would have to pay the amount agreed to the governor for the collection of taxes, but what was understood was that they would take more than was needed. They would pad their pockets, so to speak. As long as they paid the, the agreed amount to the governor, they could pretty much charge what they could get away from, which would go directly into his bank account. And so he's the chief tax collector, and he was rich. And then we read in verse 3 that he was small in stature. We also know this because of the song, A Wee Little Man Was He. <laughs> as our children have learned, or you learned as a child. It's his height, his smallness of height, that precipitates events in this narrative. His shortness would have been seen by his fellow citizens as a reflection of character flaws within him. Because he was small in stature, He was also then would be considered to be small in character. Small height, small mindedness. Now there are those who argue that Zacchaeus actually suffered from dwarfism. That he was abnormally small. And any outward blemish such as being small like that would be uh, an indicator of a flawed inside as well in that culture and that day. They go together like a stereotype, something inherently wrong in a short person or in a leper or a deformed person. Was it their parents who sinned or did they sin? Do you remember a handicapped person. Small height, small mind, small character. And the tree that he climbs is noteworthy. Verse four tells us he climbed into a sycamore tree to see Jesus. A sycamore tree, he has a good idea here. He runs ahead, he figures out where Jesus is gonna pass by and he climbs this sycamore tree. The mention of the tree is intentional. The type of tree is very important to the narrative. Jericho was a city of palm trees, not sycamore trees. But here we find a sycamore tree. The sycamore was not native to Israel. It was a foreign tree, as it were and it was a tree of Egypt. In fact, it was called Pharaoh's fig. That was the short word, the descriptive for a sycamore tree. The coffins of mummies, when you go into the museum and you see a mummy, a coffin, they're carved out of sycamore wood. So what we're finding here in the text is is that even the tree that this man climbs underlines his outsider status. It's an outcast tree. And it says he's not one of us. He is not us. He is not good. He is an outcast. He's an outsider, an outcast by virtue of his position as a tax collector, deplored and reviled. He's an outcast by virtue of his size, which the people would see as suspect, unclean, reflecting his heart. And he climbs into a tree which was planted there, a non-native, Species. He's the outsider in an outsider tree. Jesus speaks to him in verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. My translation says hurry but be careful not to fall and come down <laughs> Jesus knows him and makes us wonder a little bit that he was Zacchaeus so well known as the chief tax collector his behavior his position because of his smallness maybe he was a common butt of jokes we don't know is it an example of spirit filled knowledge of Christ we don't know But there certainly is intent and purpose here because the divine day is used, the I must. Notice that in verse 5. For I must stay. That's called the divine day. That There is a God-ordained moment here taking place. God has a purpose here. God is doing something here. There is a necessity of the accomplishment of God of the Father's will and the Father's plans here. I must stay at your house today. And of course, we know the reception is a joyful one. Jesus comes for dinner, verse 6. He hurried, came down, received him joyfully. And verse 8 Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, "Behold, Lord, half my goods I give to the poor. Jesus comes to his house for dinner, and it's interesting, in the Gospels, this was a common event, and Jesus recommended this for preachers, missionaries. Whatever house you enter first, say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, someone of, of like faith, like mind... Your peace will rest there and remain in that house," he says, "eating and drinking what they provide, because a laborer is worth his wages. So he's he's doing what he himself recommended to his followers here. Don't go from house to house; go to the house. Now we know Zacchaeus was seeking Jesus. We read that in verse 3. He was seeking to see who Jesus was. It wasn't that he was looking for some sign, not some miracle. There's something going on in this man's life. God is working because of the divine day. God is doing something here. And he lets nothing, Zacchaeus lets nothing stand in his way. Not the hatred of the crowd, Not the physical limitations that he had. Not even his sins. And we suspect there were many sins. And it would seem that Jesus was seeking Zacchaeus. Verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I must stay in your house today. And so his repentance is portrayed as this joy-filled uh, restitution to make things right. He, 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 he stands and says in verse 8, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded another, anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. So he says, I'm giving half of everything away. I mean, that's a substantial amount for someone who is wealthy and then if I have defrauded, if I have taken what I shouldn't have, I'm going to give them four times what I took. That's an Old Testament practice, by the way. And so we, we could imagine what his sins were as a cheap tax collector, and he talks about defrauding and keeping money, and we can imagine that he's, he's greedy. We can imagine easily. That he um, lacks compassion for others as he takes their money. We can imagine that he likes power over others, which he certainly had. Uh, We can imagine he mistreated others and perhaps reflected in how he himself was mistreated. But all of that is in the past now. And his repentance seems encompassing and joyous and delightful and wonderful. It's not difficult to imagine when Jesus says today salvation has come to this house. That he is saying it with with great delight and joy and, and even laughter. Jesus uses the word today. He often uses that word. And what it means is to immediate effect. Right now, salvation has come to Zacchaeus. Forgiveness and a future. And he belongs to God now, Zacchaeus. And Jesus does this wonderful thing by declaring that Zacchaeus is actually no longer an outcast. He's no longer on the margins of society. He's not despised by God. His physical stature makes no difference. Look what Jesus says. Since he also is a son of Abraham. He belongs, he's saying. By lineage and by faith. He belongs. Well, the public wasn't happy, as you know. They had a lot of grumbling, verse 7 tells us. They didn't like what they saw as outsiders being included. They didn't like the despised of society. They thought they deserved it. The marginalized and the sinners being recognized. Jesus goes in as a gift and, and that makes Jesus suspect. He goes in as a guest, it makes him suspect in their eyes. Why? Because they are the chosen ones. They are the right sort of people from the right side of the tracks. They go to the right church. They have the right color. They have the right nation. They have the right politics. But, but actually, they lack compassion. They are cruel. Blind. judgmental, so unlike Jesus. It's quite a shock when people who think they're the good guys discover they're the bad guys. It's quite a shock for a nation that thinks it's the good nation to discover that we're actually the bad nation in the world. They were blind to their own sins and their pride and judgment. You know, in the emergency room, they have a, a system where you go in and it's green, yellow, or red, depending on, on the severity of your, your need, of your injury. And some are worse off than others. But everyone's a patient no matter what color they're in under and everyone wants to see a doctor and needs a doctor. And everyone here and everyone in the world needs the great physician. We are all sinners. and We have different sins perhaps and different degrees of sin perhaps. But all of us need to see the great physician, Jesus the Christ, who died for our sins. And there's no place to judge and condemn because of somebody's job or their race or their physical imperfections, their handicaps, and to see people as somehow being unworthy of the gospel unworthy of good news. Those who often exist on the margins of society. Jesus is at the very last stop of his journey. And he goes to this one in particular, Zacchaeus, this outcast who when he encounters Jesus he chooses Jesus over the worldliness of his flesh over his greed over his money over his possessions and material goods he's willing to to let go of all of that to have Jesus and he finds he belongs to Jesus and the people of Jesus he also is a son of Abraham The last stop of Jesus is a history of conversion, repentance, and so salvation, to seek and to save what was lost. That's what Christ came to do. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong. I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Jesus is the redeemer of everyone who comes. The blind, the leper, the beggar, the handicapped, the less than perfect, the lonely, the outcast, the one who feels they don't fit in, the despised. Never mind. We're all in the emergency room together and we all need help and we all fit under the heading outcast. He was, Zacchaeus was seeking to see. Jesus was seeking to find. And we live in a world now that is so broken, that is so evil. And the teachings of demons abound and our culture and nation has cast off Christian influence and revels in wickedness. We are a sick and dying culture where the degenerate are celebrated and anger festers and distractions and wealth and blasphemies abound. And so many people are unable to rise above their passions and emotions. Are ruled by them and captured by things that are rotting and vile and arrogant and unholy. And there is a general sense of hopelessness in our culture. That a sense that something good has passed us by. And that something else is coming that something else is coming. It may well be that this is the last stop Jesus will make for you this morning. The last time that you will hear his call to repent of your sins and to be saved. It may well be that this morning is the last visit that you will receive from his Holy Spirit and his word telling you to seek first the kingdom of God don't let today pass you by today is the day you see the wee little man is me maybe you can say that in your own mind and heart we little man is me. The Bible says you'll seek the Lord your God and you'll find him if you search for him with all your heart, with all your soul. And the psalmist says, one thing I have asked of the Lord, this I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord And inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter. In the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high on a rock. In Christ Jesus. You belong. His people. His kingdom. The resurrection before us. The rapture. His coming in eternity. You belong. Don't let anything get in the way of going to Jesus. The scripture says, Jesus' words, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's coming, coming to your house, coming to your heart. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door... I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're all up in that sycamore tree at some point, outcast. wanting to belong but often joining that which is unholy and unrighteous wicked and there is Jesus we come to Jesus those of us who have put our faith in him we, we, we are with Christ and we belong and our sins have been forgiven and we have newness of life we have the joy of salvation and, and he delights over us. We are children of the Father bought by the blood of his Son. And there are some here, Father, come every Sunday perhaps and yet they are blind, they do, do not hear, they do not see perhaps judgmental of others, perhaps thinking they're okay. It's everyone else who has the problem and they don't see that they themselves are up in that sycamore tree and needing Jesus, that they are in that emergency ward, needing the great physician to heal them and make them whole. Oh, Father, if this is the last stop of your Son and your Spirit and lives here this morning. Oh, may they hear and repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. We pray that they would come, they would come down and join with Jesus and belong. Father, Move amongst us in the power of your Holy Spirit as we sing these closing hymns. In Jesus' name, amen.